Hi, I'm Danny Simon, and I lead the New Life Fellowship Church here at Manipal. I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today to listen to our audio podcast. Do subscribe so that you can tune in every week. You know, I believe that a spoken word can change lives, and my prayer and my hope is that as you listen to today's message, it will change your life as you know it. Enjoy the message. Listening right now, back. um into new life manipal and we're so glad that you could join us this uh, evening uh to listen to this word today and um let me just say this we are, i mean we were right in the middle of the series um where's my money and this is week 3 and um let me say this again i think i've mentioned this the last two times as well that this is a series of principles that has actually changed my life in every area whether it be in my relationships whether it be in my career whether it be in any area i've literally seen as i've applied these principles into my life i've seen things change right throughout so i want you to pay attention you know to every principle that we're discussing every principle that we're getting into because i promise you this that the more you start applying these principles into your life not just in the area of money although we are talking about money um I believe that you know as you apply every one of these principles into every area of your life you will start seeing a breakthrough in the area that you're looking for. So so far let me just do a recap of what we have done so far. You know we have looked at uh, week 1 we looked at you know about having the right heart or the right attitude towards giving. Last week we specifically looked at what is tithe and why God wants us to pay our tithes. That tithing is a test that we take every time we receive money. Let me say this that we are also putting up you know the entire series we're going to continuously going to try and put it up on the podcast so anytime you want to listen to these messages again you can do so all right so this week we is week 3 and i've titled my message as first things first now this is part 1 of first things first so which means yes there will be a part 2 a sub part 2 of the same series of the same message next week but um, i want to remind us of the title first things first and um i would say you know at the beginning of today that if i would say you know if, uh, of all the messages that we're doing in this series i would say that today's message is probably the most important one the reason i say that is because this is called also as the first principle and the first principle and let me say this if you don't get this right then nothing else will be right the principle that i want to share of this message and even next week is this if god is first in your life can i say this everything will come in order in your life and the flip side of this principle is also true if god is not first in your life then nothing will be in order now if you look at the statement i just made i said if god is first in your life then everything will come in order i didn't say that it will be in order but i'm saying that it will come into order in your life what do i mean by that if you you know if you remember um, even in the book of genesis uh, first book when god created things what happened there if you look over what happened there it was saying that the world was in chaos there was darkness there was void and then what did god do god came in and he brought order into that particular chaos that was going on in the world and the same is true even in our lives when we put god first in our lives everything that seems to be out of control everything that seems to be chaotic will come to order in your life that's why i say if god is first in your life then everything will come in order in your life now If you were to ask in church, or if you were to ask, you know, if I were to have a one-on-one conversation with you, and if I were to ask you, is God really first in your life? 
probably you know you would respond and probably the response that you would get in a church crowd would be that everyone would say that you know they put up their hands and say that god definitely is first in my life but my response to be that to be let me see how you spend your money can i say this church it is easy to tell whether or not god is first in your life by the way you handle your money because where your treasure is there your heart is also if you want to know whether god is first in your life can i you know every time i post this question to somebody they would always say well you know god is first in that person's life by the way they live all right it's true to a certain extent maybe you know they 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 they're going to church every sunday uh they pray every day early in the morning they spend time reading your word but none of those things actually say whether god is first in your life but god is first in your life can i say this by the way you handle your money because like jesus said before we looked at the scripture before where your treasure is there your heart is also when where you put your money that's where your heart will follow we all want god to be first in our life but somehow we end up spending money first for other things rather than god first no right the 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 the, the passage of scripture that we're going to look at today is probably a slightly familiar one all right and um, before we get into that passage let me just give a context about where we're going all right in this particular context we're looking at there is already an economic recession that's taking place there's also a famine and what's worse is you know there has also not been any rain since the last 3 3 and a half years and we're talking about elijah all right who came and proclaimed a drought you know that there's not going to be rain except at my word he proclaimed that to the king and that's where the context that we are looking at right now it's found in the book of first kings chapter 17 verse 8 to 14 here we go verse 8 then the word of the lord came to him saying arise go to sarephath which belongs to sidon and dwell there see i've commanded a widow there to provide for you god told elijah you need to go to sarephath and to he's commanded a widow there to provide for him verse 10 so elijah arose he arose and went to sarephath and when he came to the gate of the city indeed a widow was there gathering sticks and he called to her and said please bring me a little water in a cup that i may drink and as she was going to get it he called to her and said please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand Now watch what Elijah does. As soon as he sees his widow, the first thing that he tells the widow, all right, complete stranger. Now I want you to picture the scenario that she's a complete stranger to him. She's a complete stranger to I mean, she's a complete stranger to him. He's a complete stranger to her and he straight off he goes and asks, "Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink." And what's this now? As she was going to get it, she turns around, all right, that she was going to get it. Elijah calls to her once more and says, "You know, as if, you know, you're going to go get me a drink of water anyways." Why don't you just bring me a piece of morsel of bread in your hand as well? And verse twelve. Look at what she replies. So she said, "As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son. That what's this now? We may eat it and die." I don't know what the condition of that woman was, but it's very clear that she was not in a great state. you know it says here that you know she doesn't have anything already you, i want you to picture remember the situation that there's no the economic is economy is bad there is already a famine which means there's no food available readily there's also a drought i mean because of no rain there's no water and she's come to the end of her play, life you know she's come to a place where she doesn't know how to move forward she doesn't know what she needs to do she has one son all right and she's thinking of contempt she's actually contemplating suicide as elijah approaches her here now 
probably, you know, I don't know what we would have done if I was there in that position. I don't know. I would have probably had empathy for her. I would have probably had empathy for her son, the situation that she's going through. But look at Elijah's response. And I don't know how many of us would actually respond the way Elijah responded. Verse 13, Elijah said to her, do not fear. Okay. She tells her, listen, relax. Don't be scared. Go and do what you've told. In other words, he's telling her, listen, you plan to contemplate. So you're contemplating suicide. Go ahead. Do it. All right. But what's his now? But make me a small cake now. I mean, he goes, I, I can't understand Elijah's mindset here, all right? He, he, he goes from a morsel of bread. He goes, you know, from a morsel of bread. Now he's saying, you know, you need to make me a small cake from it first. Make me a small cake from it first. Whatever you have left, woman, you've told you have a little flour, you have a little oil, all right? Uh, I want you to go in. I want you to do what, you know, you plan to do, fine, go ahead. But before you do all of those things, first, the first I want, thing that I want you to do is I want you to make me a small cake. Bring it to me and afterward make for some for yourself and your son. And here's the promise that Elijah gives to the woman. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends the rain. Now, I don't know what the woman would have been thinking at this point, okay? She would have been thinking, and I'm thinking if I was in her place, this is what I would have probably been thinking. Is Elijah mad? I mean, you know, I mean, I just told him that I'm going to contempt, I'm thinking of suicide. My son is here, we have no food, we have no water, we have nothing. And here he's telling me that, you know, I need to make for him, you know, a small cake first before I, you know, think about myself, all right? I, I don't know, you know, what, what she would have been thinking. And here's, here's, a, here's a truth, church. Here's what I want you to listen. I don't know how many people think that, you know, giving money to the church sometimes, especially during an economics recession. I mean, think about, you know, the COVID situation, which took place last year. It's still going on. All right. The vaccines are coming. People are actually rejecting the vaccine because of whatever reasons they have. But I'm just saying, you know, with all of these things going on, wouldn't it be probably the most craziest time to think of giving money, the little money that we have to the church? And, you know, we will say, okay, I can give a little to God right now. I can give a little to God right now, but I can't, you know, I, I would rather use the money, we you know what I have for myself first, rather than give to God first. And, you know, what's interesting about this entire passage, I was just thinking about this, was that God sends Elijah to a widow to provide for him. All right. I mean, why would God pick this widow of all the people that he could have picked up? He could have picked up a rich man. I don't know if Elijah, if I was there in Elijah's position and I heard, you know, the story of this woman, I would have thought, you know, God, of all the people that you could send me, you send me to this woman. She's poor. She's contemplating suicide. She doesn't have anything. Why didn't you send me a rich man? All right. Probably if I was in Elijah's place, you know, probably would have told, okay, relax. I didn't know how bad your state was. I'll probably go somewhere else to find, you know, what I need to find. But God sends Elijah to this widow. And here's what I don't want us to miss, church. You know, many times, you know, when we go through the story, we miss this entire point of the story. Now, what's this now? God, what I believe, did not send Elijah to the widow to provide for him, even though the text says that. But I believe that God sent Elijah to the widow so that God himself could provide for the widow. You know, I don't believe that, you know, the widow was there to provide for Elijah. But I believe Elijah was sent to the widow so that he could provide for her and her son. The woman is about to die. Her son is about to die. And God gives her an opportunity to put her finances in biblical order so that he could provide for her. Now, 
I want you to think, you know, God really need the widow to provide for Elijah. I mean, you think, you know, before before God sends Elijah to the widow, all right, I want you to go back a couple of scriptures. Okay, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 6 to 7, here's what it says. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the book dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Okay, he didn't need somebody to provide of all the, you know, things. He asked a raven and he brought not his bread this time, but even meat. In the morning, in the evening, he had water enough from the brook. Okay, this was before the, uh, before the widow. All right, now to look back, you know, a couple of scriptures after that. And you see in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 5 to 6, then as he lay, this is after he runs away. If you know the story of Elijah, he runs away from the king and Jezebel, his wife. And, you know, he's hiding and he's, you know, verse 5, 19, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 5 to 6. Then as he lay and he slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. And then he looked and there by his head was, what's this now? A cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. You know, I'm thinking, God knew that Elijah's weakness in food was cake. I mean, check this out, okay? He asked for a cake to the widow. There was a cake, you know, that the angel came and made for him right then and there. All right, so I'm thinking, you know, most men of God, I'm thinking, I'm just giving you a little secret. I think most men of God love cakes, all right? I'm just saying that. But watch how God had supernaturally provided for Elijah. So here's what I want to say. Here's what I want us to notice. God did not need this widow to provide for Elijah. But yet God sent Elijah to this widow because he wanted, he cared for, he knew her situation. He knew what she was going through and he wanted to provide for her giving her an opportunity to put God first in her life so that he could open supernatural provision for her. Most people, you know, can I say this church? Most people never see a miracle. It's because they never put God in an opportunity to give them a miracle. You know, I'm thinking about this widow. She's at the end of her line. She's, you know, about to contempt. She's about to commit suicide with her son. She has just a little bit of provision left and she had to take, you know, a step of faith to provide for this man of God first before she went ahead and did anything for herself. And you know, here's what she did. I don't know if she noticed it. I don't know, you know, many times we don't realize this. When she put her natural resources before God, she opened the door for a supernatural provision to come in for her life. Can I say this church? When you put your natural resources before God, it opened the door for supernatural provision to come in. Not only did the widow experience supernatural provision in this case, but later, you know, you read through the remaining part of that story, her son comes back to life. So Here's what I believe, you know, God also allowed her to experience a supernatural healing. First Kings chapter 17 verse 21, here's what it says. And he stretched himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Can I ask you this church? Do you think God knew that her child was sick? I believe that he did. And that's why he sent this man of God and he told, you know, Elijah very specifically, you know, told the woman, listen, you need to provide for me first. You need to give to me first before you think about anything else. And God, I believe, was literally testing her to see if she would step out in faith, provide for his kingdom first, and then she would see what would happen in her life. Can I say this, church? You know, we spoke about tithing last week. I want to say this again about tithing. Tithing brings in two things, provision and protection. When you give to God, 
God first, God will not only provide for you, but he will also protect you. We saw this last week in Malachi. When you bring the tithes into the local church, you know, God says what? I will open the windows of heaven and that's provision. And second thing that he says there is that I will rebuke the devourer for you. You know what that is? That's the protection. And here's something that, you know, I want us to really look on, you know, when we learn to keep God first in our lives, we are going to see a supernatural provision and a supernatural protection in every area of our lives. Now, here's something that I want us to look at, you know, today. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10, it very specifically says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Now, you know, the, the word there, God instructs the people there to bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Now, he doesn't say, you know, one part of it. And can I say this? The Greek translation, the Hebrew translation for the word all is all, which means everything. Everything that is there, you need to bring it into the storehouse. Now, what is a storehouse? The storehouse here is the local church that you attend. You know, Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store. Okay, that's the King James Version, all right? And in store here, the original translation of that word is treasury or storehouse. And what Paul was instructing the believers back in that day was, you know, the follow of Jesus Christ, they were instructed to bring in their tithes to the place where they gathered for worship on Sundays. In other words, the tithes must go into the storehouse of God, your local church where you are nourished. You know, can I say this church, you know, this is some thing which many times people get confused about people you know i've heard people ask me these questions okay can i say this again the place where you tithe your first 10 percent of your income of your money that you are receiving into your hands whether like i said before whether it's a gift that comes from your uh your parents or you know it's a money that comes in from where you work all right God is the one who's putting that money into your hands and the 10% that's the tithe needs to go into the local church. And where is the local church? Where you fellowship and worship the Lord. It has to be the place where you're spiritually encouraged, you're nourished and taken care. The local church is where you worship the Lord, is the storehouse of God. It is where you're encouraged, you're spiritually built, you're blessed, you know, because from the storehouse will all the blessings flow. Now, you know, you might say this, okay, that I don't receive any blessings from the local church. Danny, I understand what you're trying to say. Okay, the local church is a place where I'm supposed to be receiving, but hey, I don't receive anything from that local church that I attend. I'm just going there because, you know, that's the only church that's available right there. You know, you might say that the messages are boring. It does not help me in any way. Nobody in the church, you know, comes, looks after me, encourages me, you know, finds out how I'm doing. Nothing is great. Now, why should I pay tithes to that church? Now, can I say this church? Even if you think that all of these things are true, when you become a member of a local church, there are a lot of hidden spiritual blessings that you don't see. Now, one of the things that I mentioned earlier is this great wall of spiritual protection around you because you're a part of that local church. But you know what happens most of the time, what I've noticed, all right, is this 10% of the income or the 10% of the money that the people have, which is supposed to be the tithe and going to the local church, is divided into smaller portions, all right? Sometimes, you know what people do? They split up the 10%. One part is sent to a man of God who's mightily used all over the world, all right? And sometimes, you know, many of us, thanks especially to the COVID, you know, we have a great resources that's flowing from the online media. People are visiting different churches all over the world. They're listening to the messages. They're listening to the worship. And they get encouraged there. And so when there's a need there, 
you know, they split up the 10% and they send a portion of their tithe to that place. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you should not send any money there. But can I say this? Here's what the word says. All right. You're supposed to bring your tithe without splitting it, all of your tithe into the local church of God. So which means, you know, you're not supposed to split up your tithe and send some money there. All right. Sometimes, you know, we know some of these missionaries, you know, especially in India, you know, we hear about these missionaries who are working in North India amongst the tribal people. And, you know, somebody knows them and they're good friends of you. And, you know, you they send you reports about what they're doing and they need money there. So you think, OK, man, that's also for the work of God. So you split up again, 10 percent, you send some money there. OK, now, what, what, what you know, that, all of those things, can I say this, all right? You cannot split up your tithe. If you want to send your money there, that's perfectly normal. But that should not be a tithe. It should be well above, you know, after you give the 10% to your church, the local church, anything above that you want to give, that's your offering. And that's what you should be doing. But, you know, again, some of the things, you know, people don't realize this and they just split their tithe all over the place. Now, I've heard this, you know, very, very commonly because, um, especially, you know, being um, in the youth ministry for a long time, you know, there are people who have come to the church, who have gotten saved. I've had young people come and ask me this, Danny, you know, I, I love this church because this is my home church. This is where I got saved. This is where I got baptized. This is where, you know, I came to know the Lord and all of those things. And they, you know, when they go into a different place for their work, they, they find a job somewhere else. They start attending a local church there. I tell them, listen, you need to find a local church there. All right. But what they do, they want to send back their tithe into the church, you know, that I'm in. Because, well, this is their home church and that's where they believe they want to send in. Now, you know, can I say this, church? All of these things, all right? I'm not saying sending money to all of these places is wrong. But if you are splitting up your tithe to send to these places, then that's wrong. Because the first 10% needs to go into the local storehouse of God where you're a part of. That's where, you know, this needs to go. I remember, you know, one of the young people, he, he, he got very close to us. And, you know, after he got a job in the Gulf, you know, uh, he called me up from the Gulf and he asked me this, Danny, I'm making my salary now. And, you know, he felt very burdened about the young people, you know, that was a part of our church here. And he said, you know, he wanted to send a portion of his tithe into this. And I told him, you know, based on this principle that, you know, you, need, you shouldn't be splitting up your tithe, but that whole 10% needs to go into that local church that you are a part of. Now, this is why church, listen to me very carefully. Every time, you know, I, 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 I interact with people, every time, you know, and I'm, I'm a huge follower of this principle about learning to tithe in the local storehouse where God has called you to be a part of. I always tell the people, listen, you need to really pray with church that God is calling you to be a part of. Now, yes, there are multiple churches, you know, in your locality. There are multiple churches that you can attend online thanks to COVID. You know, people tell me, listen, I'm also there in that church. I'm listening to everything. Man, it's such a blessing. It's huge. And man, praise God, you know, for all of the things that, you know, you're receiving from all of these churches. But can I tell you this? God has called you to be a part of one family. You know, the local church that you're a part of is a local spiritual family that you're a part of. You know, uh, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but we didn't get to choose to be a part of which family we needed to be to be a part of. Isn't that true? When we got sent into this world, you know, through our mother's womb, God was the one who handpicked our mothers. God was the one who handpicked our fathers and told us that this is the family that I want you to be a part of. Now, it may not be a great family. It may not be great and, you know, a great place to be in. But I'm just saying it was God who elected or selected us to be a part of where we are. 
and similarly you know i believe god wants each of us to be a part of a local church and when we type that local church that spiritual family is where we must give our tithes as well now i want you to think about this all right because many times you know we don't think about you know all of the things that's happening the local church that you are a part of there are expenses to be met you know the pastor of that church needs to be paid his salary if you're meeting up in a hall you know that that needs to be taken care of can i ask you this all right church isn't it true that you know when you walk into a restaurant because you want good food from that restaurant is it how many of us would actually have the courage to leave from that restaurant without paying the bill none of us would i mean i want you to think about that you know we would always take and make it a point if they don't bring the bill in we would actually bring take you know ask them for the bill because we know that there are amounts to be paid now isn't that true about our local church as well all right now here's something you know that i want to say by closing about the tithe all right paying our tithes is also an act of worship you know as i don't know if you have realized this you know when we come into a time of worship we think worship is just about you know singing a couple of songs all right uh, sometimes we think worship you know prayer is also a part of worship so we also need to pray sometimes we think you know man reading the word of god or meditating on the word of god is also a part of worship all of these things are true but as much as we sing songs in worship as much as we pray before the lord paying our tithes is an act of worship before the lord we ought to bring the whole tithe into the church that we are called to be a part of now many times you know like i said you know we we, say, we can say that man danny you don't understand you know my bills came up really high this month my electricity bill was high all right that's all right my medical bill unexpected medical bills came up little this month you know it's a little tight on my budget okay the school just began for all of us who have kids the expenses are shot up all of those things are all right but can i say tell you this church there are no excuses to deduct from your tithe simply because all your bills went high the entire tithe the all of the 10% of that money should be brought into the house of the lord now think about this widow again that we looked at this day she had all the reasons not to give anything to elijah she could have said a plain no she could have thought to herself not to give everything that she had but it was a test that she needed to take and she can i say this church she passed it with flying colors not only she did she witness a supernatural provision but also a supernatural healing and protection let me conclude here by asking you this question have you been faithful in paying your tithes and are you faithful to bring your tithes into the local church where you worship the storehouse of god if not in closing i want to encourage all of you listen let's repent let's make a decision to do that and when we learn to tithe in the local church that we are a part of we will open the doorway for the lord's blessing not only on our life but also our family and when we are not faithful to listen to the voice of god remember you know we spoke about this from last time we not only bring a curse upon ourselves but even upon our whole family and my humble prayer this evening this evening as we close is don't make our family suffer because of our stubbornness okay we need to learn to listen to the voice of god we need to learn to admit and obey you know what the word of lord is telling us and we need to learn to do that all right can we look to the lord in prayer right now father even as we come into your presence lord we want to thank you lord father for speaking to us lord father about keeping first things first lord as we looked at the story of the widow lord even though she was in a dire situation she didn't know what to do she didn't know how to move forward she was thinking of ending it all father you gave her an opportunity by taking asking her to take a step of faith and provide for the man of god that you brought in her way father we know that lord just like we heard last week and even today lord 
every time lord father money comes into our hands is a test that you're giving to us lord to see who we will keep first in our lives and father this evening as we listen to this word lord i want to pray for everyone who's listening right now i want lord father lord you to give them lord that sense of encouragement that sense of courage and bravery to take that step of faith lord lord to put their finances in order by keeping you first in their lives lord by bringing the whole tithe lord father into the local church that they're worshiping so that lord you will provide for them and you will give them lord father a sense of protection lord provision and protection comes in lord father into our lives when we learn to tithe into your kingdom lord father and i pray that every one of us lord father would continue and would be able to take that step of faith just like the widow took that step of faith and bring it into the storehouse of god lord we thank you once again for this time thank you for speaking to us lord in jesus most mighty and precious name we pray amen that really spoke to me and i pray that it spoke to you as well i want you to remember this it doesn't matter what you're going through and where you're at our heavenly father is always with you i want to say this if you need prayer or you want to reach out to us send us an email or dm us on instagram you know let us know if we can serve you in any way just a reminder don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in with us again and i'm really hoping to see you next week